The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to the another episode here at the Kick Pod Dojo. I am your host slash sensei, TJ Williams, giving you the insider of my martial arts journey, as well as discussing and analyzing certain martial arts-based subjects, and also highlighting certain martial artists from actors, TV stars, and even world-renowned martial artists. Okay, so for this week, um, I want um discuss or before i discuss my um subject um one thing i want to like talk about um what's happened this so far this week of course um well um sadly um my hometown team of the buffalo bills didn't make didn't beat the kansas kansas city chiefs this weekend of course um it was a close game but um of course um the bills played good I mean, you have to give them that, you know. At least they were like AFC East champions. I mean, they were. I was hoping they would take like the whole division championship, where they could beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But um, yeah, they um they played a tough game. I mean, really throughout the first quarter. I mean, they were getting beat, but um, nevertheless, you know, you have to be proud of our hometown team making it right to the. Almost making it to the end. I mean, I'd be surprised if they did beat um, Kansas City, and then of course went on to face the Buccaneers, in which they have Tom Brady, who have um, had excluded himself from the Patriots, and of course now that the Patriots are not going to the Super Bowl because Tom Brady's not on the team. All right, so just to get that out of the way, and um, just uh pay my condolences to the people who died this week of course you had the legendary radio broadcaster host larry king uh, of course most notable most noticeable for his show the larry king show i mean he died at um 87 all right and then of course um you have um legendary baseball player and hall of famer hank aaron pretty much played after jackie robert Jackie Robinson made his um, impact in professional baseball, you know, being the first African-American to play in the majors, then followed by Hank Aaron, who, of course, lived longer than um, Jackie Robinson. So that was just definitely an accomplishment. I mean, making it from the minor leagues, or to say the Negro League, all the way to the majors. Hey, and also... And um, another actor who I'm familiar with, I mean, if you watched um, Barney Mills or Sanford's son, uh, this guy's familiar. Uh, his name is um, Gregory Sierra. Of course, um, he died. Well, of course, his um, his death was announced this week, this past week, but um, he died two weeks prior. Then really, yeah, I always remember him. I always remember him as... Um, Julio Fuentes, um, Sanford's son. Man, 
him and his um goat Julio. Oh no, not not Chico. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, um, yeah, he'll be missed. And of course, I guess I know he's up there meeting with Red Fox up there and having their routine about um, the uh, his uh, Puerto Rican his um his perspective of Puerto Ricans, which is ridiculous, but it's funny. Alright, All right, so just to get those out the way. Okay, so for this week's episode, I'm going to highlight one of the probably the most top pioneers and legendary actors in um not only in martial arts but in like in the whole of the whole world i mean his his name is jackie chan jackie chan really i mean i'm so excited to talk about this really highlighting his career as um being like the most like top actor in the world and done doing done like a probably over 100 movies that people can probably that people can probably can't count, but nevertheless, uh, this is probably going to be an honor for me. You know, definitely, I grew up watching Jackie Chan. I mean, from his movies and really looking at his fighting style and and the fact that he does his own stunts. I mean, definitely, that's my perspective of him. And really, I'm, I'm he's probably retired now. I mean, considered that he um he sustained a lot of injuries doing to during the stunts and you know if you watch some of his movies um you'll see um he gets hurt a lot i mean he's probably used to that because um the course of the training he did and uh, the fact that he's he was pretty much in top tip-top shape the superior shape i should say to be able to do stunts and be able to um do do them gracefully so definitely, that's something that I'm really looking forward to. All right, but let's start. Let's start with his early life. Let's go back to the beginning, to like who was Jackie Chan before he was the Jackie Chan. All right, so we're gonna go back to when he was born in Victoria Peak, British Hong Kong, back in April 7, 1954. Now I guess Hong Kong was being ruled by. Um, in Great Britain, or should I say England, of course. Of course, if you notice their flag, they have like an England, um, the the flag of England on their flag. So basically, that means they're in control of um, um, Hong Kong around that time. Okay, so, and of course, he was born to refugee parents from the Chinese Civil War, which went from 1927 to. 1949 so we're looking at pretty much after world war one and it started pretty much after world war one and ended after world war two so around that time his parents were dealing with um extreme property um, property they're real poor so so frankly they would ask friends to lend them money to pay for doctor cost i mean really so Usually, that's how usually a story starts with um, certain famous people. You know, you start poor, and then you work your way up to, like, fame. Okay. All right, so, and you always, do you always wonder how Jackie Chan got his ability? You know, it wasn't, 
definitely for him as a child, he grew up having an energetic ability. You know, his parents would call him Pow Pow, and that would mean like a cannonball. So the fact that he was had a lot of energy. So that's pretty much that's how that builds up for Shaggy Chan. But you know, as far as him uh, developing his ability to be the Jackie Chan, of course. Well, at first, you know, he attended a, prim a primary school in Hong Kong Island, which in in which he failed his first year. So his parents took him out and was sent to sort of a Peking opera school, uh, opera school in China called the China Drama Academy, run by a late master, Yu Jim Yu, Yuen, Eugene yeah, Yuen. Okay, so that was basically Jackie Chan's first teacher. And Jackie Chan, this is where he would develop his martial arts and acrobat ability and be part of a performance group that was made up of the best students at the school called the Seven Little Fortunates. And this is where they would show their show their ability so their skills so or well, they show off this is where they will show off their skills to domestic and western audience in a theater and he would pray, pay homage to his master by obtaining the stage name Yuen Lo so definitely let's face it you know it would be nice if I actually would pay tribute to my instructor <laughs> I would definitely call myself a Presti <laughs> But you know, anything's possible. You know, that's that's probably what something I probably would change if I was in Hollywood. You know, no, I wouldn't tell people my real name, but you know, I would give them give them a stage name. You know, this is you no, know, this is where he would meet and become friends with um, sort of his group members. You know, like um, also another martial artist, um, Sammo Hong. And um, you and Bio, yeah. So definitely Sam, definitely Samuel Hong. If you recognize him, he was definitely in also a lot of um Jackie Chan's movies. If you watch it, like one of them would be um Wheels on Meals. That was like one of um one of the movies he was in with Jackie Chan. And uh, also he would go on to have his um old. OTV owns TV series called Martial Law, where he played like um, a Chinese cop um, or a Hong Kong cop. And well, well, he would go. Um, I think he would transfer to LA and be like Arsenio Hall's partner. So that's definitely big for him. But really, in this case, we're staying on Chick Chan. I mean. Maybe we could talk about Samo Hong later on, but uh, you know, but you know, while in the um, film industry, Chan, along with Samo, trained in Aikido, where Chan attained the back black belt, and also trained in karate, judo, taekwondo, and juku do. Oh, if you're familiar with juku do, who would that be? Hmm, let me see, who would that be? Uh, juku do. Oh yes, the legendary Bruce Lee. Yeah, so 
right, so definitely Bruce Lee. I'm not sure if Bruce Lee actually taught Jackie Chan, but just think about it. I'm going to talk about that later, but, you know, I'm going to move on with this. So, along the side of his time with the Seven Fortunate, he would attend college and work as as a construction worker, you know. This is where he attained his nickname, Little Jack, from a fellow builder who took him under his wing and would later be, would later shorten it to Jackie. Now you wonder how he got his first name, Jackie. So that's where he gets it. So I guess I guess that's what um something that he um developed when he was doing um American movies. So that's where he got his first name from, working as a construction worker. And now going into his film career, you know, he would appear in smaller roles, of course, especially as a member of the um Little Fortune. So him so his acting role went from started from almost like five years old and then going on to going on to other small roles um and doing like either stunts or acrobatic or even playing as um an extra right so definitely that was definitely one a, a beginning toward jackie chan's dream i don't know if that's his dream but it was yet an accomplishment and that would lead him to other movies like majority of bruce lee's movies one in particular would be Fist of Fury and, and as well as um, Enter the Dragon at the age of 17. And no, definitely talk about Enter the Dragon. You know, I didn't know Jackie Chan was in that movie until I saw a scene where I think there's um, a group of guys were um, like trying to try to keep harassing um, Jackie or Bruce Lee's um, sister. The, um, Bruce Lee's character's sister by the time and I guess um, old man was telling a story and of course um, I seen um, a guy was getting ready to grope her and he knees him in the knees him in the groin and after he knees him after she knees him in the groin I swear that was Jackie Chan that got kneed I don't know it looked like some other guy but when he got kneed and I looked at his face that well if you actually pause it you'll see that's Jackie Chan's face. I mean, I thought that was somebody else, but it was, it looked like Jackie Chan. So, of course, <clears throat> Jackie Chan would go on to do stunts. And I'm familiar that um, it was like toward, like when it, Jackie Chan was in a fortress and he was fighting all those um, men. Yeah, he, I think Jackie Chan appeared more than once. I mean, either when he got grabbed and, um, Bruce Lee broke his neck or something, and then from there, got hit with a bow stab. So really, that'd be another push toward Jackie Chan's um career. But it probably wasn't until after like nineteen. It wasn't until like after like night or at least till nineteen seventy eight, nineteen seven or nineteen seventy three. This was pretty much after. Pretty much around when Bruce Lee died, where um, Jackie Chan would get his first starring role in the Little Dragons of Little Dragons of Cat or Little Dragons of 
of Canton, of Canton. Well, that's what's the little, little drip, little, no, little tiger of Canton. That's just, I apologize. All right, so I'm definitely reading from the notes that I wrote. So, and he's playing as a young man forbidden to train in martial arts, Pro protects local store owners from extortionists run by the a crime lord uh, to whom he vowed revenge against because he murdered his father. All right, so that was, I didn't see the movie, but you know, that's just, just think of that, you know, you're forbidden to do martial arts, you know, is there anybody out there that their parents forbidden them to do any martial arts because basically it's about control, but you know, that's pretty much how it is, you know, you know, you can't have people mess with you for the rest of your life, you know, you have to protect yourself at one point at a time, you know, whether if it's violent or not, you know, I you know I'm glad I do martial arts, you know, but you know, I have control, you know, you know, that's the thing, you know, you want to have control, you don't want to be that animal, you know, as long as you don't touch me inappropriately or, or aggressively, then you're fine. But, you know, you can talk about, you can be all over my face, you can talk, talk dirty, you know, you know, as long as you don't touch me. You know, I can talk dirty to you. I know who I am. All right, so, of course. Of course, after Bruce Lee's death in 1973, you know, it was felt that martial arts movies was never going to be the same after, after his death because Bruce Lee was the pioneer of martial arts movies and you know he was you know nobody couldn't match to bruce lee's martial arts um martial arts style as well as his movie tactics you know he was definitely one person that if you were to meet him on the street you would be running scared because his acting ability really made made it like believable that he was dangerous all right so but yeah, nobody couldn't match up to, to his intensification. So, yes, that was definitely one thing that really struck Hollywood. But yet, this was an opportunity for Chan to be the next Bruce Lee, as he received a telegram from a Hong Kong film producer, Willie Chan, to offer an acting role for to him, in which one of um. And one of the um, one movie called um, the New Fist of Fury, which was known as the sequel to the first Fist of Fury, and definitely, of course, he would play, I think, a prodigy of um, Bruce Lee's character. I mean, he would go on to be like the next Bruce Lee. You know, that's pretty much the whole um, the whole um, concept of the movie. But um, nevertheless. It was, a, it was, uh, it was not much of a success. It was unsuccessful because, yeah, let's face it, there's only one Bruce Lee. I mean, nobody couldn't match up to Bruce Lee's intensification when it comes to martial arts movies. All right, so um, it's um definitely one thing to understand, and really, um, yeah, all right. And uh, but it wasn't until um, 1978 where he starred in an action comedy movie called
called snakes in snakes in the in the eagle's shadow. All right, so Chan would play an orphan at an abusive kung fu school and meets an old beggar. Unbeknownst to to Chan's character, is the last surviving masters of the snake style of kung fu and teaches him the ways of the style. And of course, yeah, and um, of course it goes on. Then um, he would um be in trouble with the ego style um of martial arts, and I guess they're out to kill him. But um, I guess they he teaches Chan, or he passes on the style of snake to um Chan in order to pass on a tradition. So, and definitely, this would be that would be the push that Chan needed. Uh, because of because his establishments was a toward comedy I mean not not only he'd be a big star in Hong Kong movies but also in American films as well in the 1980s one and one in particular was um, in the um, that I, I could think of off my head was big brawl of course yeah where um, he takes on a Chicago mob and trains um in trains for a competition in Texas called the, the Battle Creek Brawl. Yeah, this is probably one of my favorite movies that I'd like to like going back to the eighties. This is before I was born, but you know, I've watched this movie a hundred times where you know you got Jackie Chan really um displaying his martial arts style as well as acrobatic tricks. You know, definitely this movie has a lot of comedy in there, but a lot of serious situations. I don't think if you're watching a Jackie Chan movie that you're not going to have serious situations. You know, there's were last situations where things got serious, but he had to use his martial arts styles just to get out the situation. All right. And then definitely this movie would lead on to other roles. You know, he was in um, Cannonball 1 and 2 as a stunt driver. I mean, he didn't much martial arts, but, you know, that's like comedy movie. And then they'll go on to movies like Operation Condor uh, and Super Cop, Rumble in the Bronx, another one of my favorites. You know, definitely that's where that's probably one of um, one movie that he had the best stunts in where he would fight a street gang in the Bronx and trying to protect his um, uncle's store which he was sold to another um, owner. But, you know, that was one of my favorite movies. You know, you got Mr. Nice Guy. I mean, not much of my favorite, but, you know, but yet uh, he had wonderful stunts in there. And I know Richard Norton was in that movie. I also met Richard Norton. I might talk about him later down the road. And, of course, Jackie Chan's first strike. This is mostly movies that were, like, dubbed in English. I mean, this is what I think it was like filmed in Hong Kong or somewhere. And then you got certain movies that were dubbed because, you know, mostly it was made in like Cantonese or Chinese before it was released in America. Right. But definitely my personal, but my personal favorite movie is um, Rush Hour. Definitely. That's going to be my all time favorite Jackie Chan movie. Because mostly he was paired off with Chris Tucker, another pioneer in um, comedy movies. 
I mean, really. And, you know, really, I guess a lot of people felt that putting Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker probably wasn't a good idea, but, you know, it came out to be a wonderful a, a success. It was a good idea because, really, you have two people that are into comedy, but, you know, you got Jackie Chan that's a comedian in his um, fighting ability versus you got Chris Tucker who was a comedian in his um, having a, well, let's just say, people will say he has the biggest mouth in the world, but, you know, he's one of the biggest mouth in the world, but when it comes to him, he's, his mouth has a lot of comedy. You know, everybody remember him as um, Smokey off of Fridays, and I know he says he don't want to talk about that because Cupid didn't pay him for the first month. Yeah, if you watch one of his comedy shows, one of them was on Netflix, he talked about He's not going to do another Friday movie because Cube never paid them for the first one. And they brought some CDs and the weed. And then, no, yeah. <laughs> All right, so, yeah. Definitely putting those two together definitely made Rush Hour a successful movie. You know, going from the first Rush Hour in 1998 to the third Rush Hour in 19, or in 2007. You know, really. But definitely the first one's going to be my personal favorite, you know. Not that I say that the two weren't that good, but, you know, I had definitely was cracking up in both of those movies. But definitely it was good that they made a third one where they would travel. You know, you got Jackie Chan traveling. Well, in the first one, you got Jackie Chan traveling from Hong Kong to Los Angeles to retrieve, um, to help retrieve back um, the consul's daughter who was kidnapped. And of course, he get instead of um, helping out the FBI, he got paired off with Chris Tucker, who was, who was um, thought that he was gonna be on the same case as the FBI, but end up having to babysit. Well, in this term, he had to babysit Jackie Chan, to, like throughout the whole movie. But yet, um, they grew closer to each other, knowing, um, like like knowing who they, knowing who each other, like checking each other out. I think I remember Jackie Chan was talking about, or Chris Tucker was talking about um, during their meeting, that um, I guess um, they were checking him out. I guess that's how the movie was. You know, you meet somebody for the first time, you kind of checking them out, see how they are, and then you know, you two have an argument. That's how it is with most people with me. You know, people are just like, I get on people's nerves a lot, but you know, it was, I guess they trying to get used to me you know that's the how it is in martial arts you know you meet somebody for the first time you gotta get used to them you know there's a lot of people that i didn't want to work with but you know you have to get used to them you know know what they were are what <laughs> ah, but you know that's how it is in the world you know just don't don't think that you're gonna like somebody right away you're just gonna check them out you know you don't know exactly how, what they're about but other than having like movie success, you know Jackie Chan would go on to have um his own like um his own stunt team. You know people that really know how to work with Jackie Chan. You know a lot of these guys will um, appear in um, Jackie Chan's movies. You know probably from 1976 to pretty much like almost now. But yeah, it's, it's not always the same people. You know he would get different people from um definitely from his old um opera school to join his team you know he's looking for people uh, more more like this is how it is opening opportunities for other people 
for other people that want to get into stunts. You know, that's how the how you best how the best to subscribe it. You know, I'm guessing like if you think of movies like like Rumble from the Bronx, like Mr. Nice Guy, like most of those movies that are dubbed, that's where you get um mostly uh, uh Jackie Chan's stunt team. And then of course Rush Hour. Yeah, that's where that's Rush Hour and of course uh, other movies like um Yeah, there was another movie that I also enjoyed, um Jackie Chan Who Am I where he um develops at amnesia after working for like a I think a SWAT team or or some type of team like um like almost SWAT team and of course um they get into a helicopter crash and then of course um he loses memory and then he's picked up by an African tribe and he try to figure out his identity and it goes on a rampage <laughs> but uh nevertheless so he has his stunt team like I said, and this probably was probably his best, well, best way to, well, if he wasn't to, um, honestly, if he wasn't to, like, was to, to, to retire, then he would have the stunt team. He would train people to do stunts. All right, that's probably what he's doing now as a retirement. So I'm not this guy. I'm not, I'm not positive, but, you know, that's a guess. Because, you know, if you're good at stunts, why not teach people how to do stunts? Like, really try to train them how to make a stunt look like a story. Right, basically, when you do stunts, it's like an escape from um, doing um, like fighting. And that's mostly what Jan Jackie Chan done in most of his movies. He used stunts to either evade his opponent or at least attack. So that's that's basically his defense. That's mostly how he did like self defense. You know, you try to escape a situation. But you know, okay, so. Definitely, Jackie Chan is like a highly um, recognized um, actor in the world today. Though know, he got a lot of rewards, and I know f recently he had like some type of reward. I mean, I think it was a lifetime award. I don't know, or honorary reward, where I'm thinking Trish Tucker joined him on the stage, um, congratulating him. You know, it's also good to be honored for your for your success in Hollywood. So definitely, he's probably. Yeah, I know he's on the Walk of Fame. He's probably been inducted in some um, Hall of Fames in um, Hong Kong. You know, that's always the best thing. All right, so definitely I salute Jackie Chan. I mean, he's probably the one reason why I got into martial arts because of his ability to fight. You know, I always want to have for quick hands. You know, I always train myself to have quick hands like Jackie Chan. But nevertheless, you know, he's been through like a... Uh, a wonderful career and you know hope you know that'd probably be a dream if I actually met Jackie Chan if he was to actually appear at a con I would know I would save all the money in the world to actually meet him but you know the fact that if you're when you're a successful actor you know you're all over the place you know you have a tight schedule you know you don't probably don't have time to go everywhere you always Oh, sorry, man. Just waking up. You know, I wish I stopped yawning, but you know, nevertheless, that's was the start of Jackie Chan's career. Right. So, okay, so that was um it for my 
podcast episode. You know, I was real honored to really talk about this um, wonderful martial artist, you know, really. And I hope everybody has their dream to actually be the same type of martial artist as Jackie Chan or any other martial artist in the world. And really try to work hard and be the best that they can be. You know, it's always best to train on the basics before you go on to really heavy-duty stuff. But nevertheless, it's definitely a dream. All right. Okay, so this concludes my episodes. And um, make sure you tune in to my previous episodes on the BICBPRadio.com as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I will see you next time for another episode. And speaking of the next episode, the next month is Black History Month, which I'll be spending the entire month talking about certain martial artists, or most black martial artists, either famous or definitely world-renowned. So... I'll be getting that, just a heads up on that. So, this is the Kick Pod with your sensei, TJ Williams, bow you out. And I'll see you next time. Grocery Shopping Day. Oh, hello, Mr. Cashier. Hello, Mrs. Card Pusher. Hello. How are you doing today? Let's see what the old wife put on the uh, the shopping list today. Let's see what. Um, let's see. Number one, we got a uh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, that doesn't seem right. I don't. I don't think those they sell those here. Uh, must be some kind of mistake. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Chris Evans. Oh boy. This is her celebrity crush list. Awkward. Don't be like this, husband and wife. There's only one place where a list like that belongs, and that's the Eat Sleep List podcast. You can hear us every Friday on BICBP radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify.